This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. An absolute beatdown on Sunday night football for the Cowboys over the Washington football team. It's Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin in today for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. As always, presented by Progressive Insurance and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline 56-14. to The Cowboys take out the Washington football team 42 points in the first half. That was ugly, ugly, ugly for Washington across the board, including with their sideline as Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen got into it a little bit. Deron Payne at one point seemed to be almost touching Jonathan Allen's face from the side, and then Allen got up and took a swing at him uh, with his right hand. Clearly frustrations boiling over. Yeah, this was... But I don't even think he connected, which was, I don't want to no. say disappointing, but, it, you know, almost. I think expected. that saved lives that he did not connect <laughs> with uh, with his hook because you would have faced a far different situation on the sideline. I mean, of course, guys jumped in there and were able to, you know, separate them a little bit. But had he actually made contact with Deron Payne's face? I think we're looking at a far different situation and we're probably having the conversation of is the locker room fractured? No. I mean, they came off a really, really bad performance against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles where they could not put any pressure on the quarterback. And that carried over into this game. They were embarrassed. Washington's 42-point loss is the worst in franchise history to the Cowboys. You want that on your resume? The team that you absolutely hate, this Dallas and Washington rivalry? stands on its own and that's something that's now on your resume Whew. I'd, I'd probably be throwing punches too if I was a defensive player yeah that was bad it was it was bad here's Deron Payne on what exactly happened on the sideline Deron, for that to happen I mean you guys have gone back years why do you think it boiled over to the point it did I mean you got you got brothers y'all fight don't it happened Look, they go back to Alabama, and we've seen a, a a lot of these kind of things happen over the years. Greg McElroy uh, tweeted about this last night uh, as well about these two guys. You have to understand what they're about and who they are. It's just a bad moment, and that's fine. It happens. I really don't make that much of it to me, but at the same time, when the Cowboys are able to just thoroughly embarrass you uh, on a night like that. Short week, I felt bad for them. They've obviously dealt with a lot uh, in COVID. I think we can all excuse uh, having a bad moment, but continuing to struggle the way that they are. I mean, struggles for everybody across the league with COVID, Courtney, five days, all kinds of issues like that. You still can't let that happen. 
if you're going to bring your own climate-controlled benches into Arlington, Texas, Chris, to troll the team that did the exact same thing to you earlier this season, because that's what Jerry Jones does, and we all know where Washington plays isn't exactly the mecca of football and the nicest of facilities. If you're going to take a do a troll job like that, you better be able to back that up. And what they did was they tried to embarrass Dallas in doing that, and in turn they embarrassed themselves. I mean, 42 points, a 42-point wow. loss for the Washington football team. That is just baffling. And a week ago at this time, they were the seventh seed in the NFC playoff picture. And I know there's been a lot of jockeying back and forth and teams moving in and out. And Washington did eventually move out of the seventh seed because Minnesota won and because Washington lost to Philly on Tuesday night football. Yeah, they're on a short week. Yeah, they've had COVID concerns that, that wiped out their quarterback room and a lot of other positions. And of course, we can't forget to mention that, you know, they had a player who was involved in a car accident on Friday that claimed the life of, of the passenger. So there's a lot that's going on with this team off the field, stuff that's not happening in between the lines that just like at some point something's got to give because those emotions are going to boil over and affect the play of the team. I mean, Dallas, you know, the hats off to Dallas. They found their offensive groove, which we've been questioning left and right the last few weeks. They found it at the right time. And it wasn't like, oh, they just kind of rolled to a good win. You know, Dak threw a couple touchdowns here and there. You know, they absolutely dominated against Washington's defense, which, by the way, is no slouch. This is one of the best defense, one of the best front sevens in the NFC. And look at what happened to them last night. Like, yeah. straight up, just, you know, demolished. That was, yeah, that was a, a thorough beatdown. And you wonder, after the game, what Ron Rivera is going to say as to why they did not handle this well. And there are a myriad of reasons, including, as you referenced, DeShazer Everett, their safety, who got in the accident the other day. Here's the Washington football team head coach. I just told you. We just went through a few weeks, a couple of things, bad things happening. Okay, you have to deal with those things, and it's tough. It's not easy to, to try and separate and compartmentalize situations like that. It spills over. It gets to people. It's, it's human nature. You know, these guys are more than just robots. They don't go out there. These guys have feelings. These are players. These are people. Okay, they got a teammate going through something right now that they're, you know, it's, it's tough. You have an opportunity, and you don't have everybody playing. That's hard on people. That's real life. And that's what they're dealing with. These are young men, and we're just trying to help them along the way. So right now, Washington is 6-9. and nine. They are in the uh, 11th uh, spot in the NFC. Very much, I mean, on the bubble doesn't begin mm -hmm. to cover it uh, for Washington at this point. And now um, you have a playoff picture that is kind of rounding into form in the NFC with five teams having already clinched at this point and mm -hmm. the last two spots being fought over uh, between six teams right now, although I feel like Washington is now toast in this. is the same thing for Atlanta as well. And they're toast in it because of their quarterback play, but did we really expect anything else this season once they lose Fitzpatrick and it's Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen? 
Like, I'm not trying to say that they didn't try. I mean, they put up an effort, but Taylor no, but you're up against 7 22 for 121 yards, a pick, two picks, and a touchdown last night. Like, Kyle Allen had to relieve him because of how poorly he was playing. So, I just. The, the hill was too steep for Washington to climb because at the most important position, I don't care how good your defense is, when you have backup caliber players playing at the quarterback spot, it's just it's never going to lead you in a deep run into the postseason. Yeah, you can get hot at the right time. There can be miracles. I saw it happen with Case Keenum in 2017 with the Minnesota Vikings, but we've never – I mean, outside of like Taylor Heineke's one playoff moment last year – it hasn't translated all that much this season. Like the defense has carried Washington to even being in the conversation at this point. And it's fairly obvious they're going to be one of three NFC team NFC East teams, so we think, that have to decide about their quarterback future and what goes on in two thousand twenty two. It's probably time to turn the page to that, even though, yes, they're technically still within the fight you know, a puncher shot of, of making it, but man, I mean that let them down from the start. Like when you're when you're having Trevon Diggs, you know, pick off, you know, have his eleventh pick of the season. It's you know they just they weren't able to recover at that point. Like every you know, that set up Dallas's first touchdown of the game off of that interception, and then they just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And once you give Dak the Prescott the ball back, the way that he was playing last night, the vintage form of Dak, where we saw him scramble, we saw him like throw some really nice deep balls, saw him lean on the run game a little bit. There's no stopping that offense. Well, for Washington, they are eliminated if they lose either of their last two games and if they win both they need a lot of help from san francisco and from new orleans to even have a sniff to make their way back into this we are just getting started chris carlin courtney cronin in for key j and max on espn radio and of course espn2 make sure you join us on the dr pepper call in line 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776 we talk a lot about the AFC this morning. That is our question this morning at KJ and Max on Twitter. Who is the biggest threat to Kansas City in the AFC? We'll take your calls on that as well at 888-SAY-ESPN. And then, Courtney, there's the Cowboys side of things. How much can we truly take away from that dominant performance last night? One of our experts will tell us next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, and on ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Way's punt is blocked, and it is recovered in the end zone by Chauncey Goldston. And it's another return touchdown for the Cowboys special teams. It was just out of hand. Ugly, ugly top to bottom. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Key J and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. That Brad Sham on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear, more driven. And, Dan, I, I guess it's safe to say that the Dak slump is over, is it not? <laughs> uh, certainly off of last night. Well, if, if you ask Dak, Dak said he wasn't ever in a slump, and I don't understand how he could say that. Uh, yeah, I think last night was a performance that the Cowboys needed. Uh, it was certainly in a performance that they needed out of their quarterback and their offense since they had not played really good football for about two months. I, I say that, like, Washington played awful. Awful. When your first play offensively of the game is to take a deep shot at Trayvon Diggs, that's your plan, that's bad. But Dak played really good. I thought the best thing for Dallas was they got their tempo back. Um, they were at the line of scrimmage a ton, doing a really good job of kind of keeping the heat on Washington's defense. It never allowed them to kind of get settled in any capacity. It just was this onslaught of plays. They did a really good job of mixing their run and pass. They ran the ball re- better. They pulled people on offense. Dak was good in rhythm. He was good out of rhythm. He was good playmaking. So it was a, it was a performance that they needed, um, certainly out of the slump, absolutely, uh, to say that this offense is completely fixed. One one game does not erase two months of substandard play. Dan, I should have probably said this before the break when we were talking about Washington and their defense. And, you know, they've been playing without Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Like, they were a far different unit when they had both of those guys. So I'm wondering, are injuries, like, the biggest problem within this three-game losing streak? Or is it something else for Washington? No, I think it's injuries. Their, their defense, when they were healthy, just up until about three weeks ago, was starting to play really good football mm-hmm. and playing with their three safeties on the field and, and had played much more disciplined football. Marcus Spears had done kind of a deep dive into that defense the first month of the season, so to speak, on NFL Live, and he was just talking how selfish the defensive line was. And that's why they were all kind of chasing sacks rather than playing as a unit. And they, that had gotten at least minimized on their defense. And I would say, yeah, just the injuries. And then, you know, their offense had a stretch where they were on the field for so long because they were owning the football. They were phenomenal on third down. They weren't giving the ball away. That just is very difficult to sustain. So when that happens, along with some injuries on defense, you kind of see a quick 180 flip for Washington. And they were looking so good about a month ago, and they just couldn't keep it up. ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky joining us. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for KJ and Max on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan, who is the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC right now, if there is one? 
Yeah, I mean, I've remained adamant about for about three months on this one. I think it's the Colts. Um, I have felt that way for three months. I think the Colts, because of their offensive line, not only their offensive line, but the diversity in their run game, they've got a tailback that is very good in short yardage. He's also got the ability to take it 80 at any moment. I think they've got a three tight end package that is very good. I think their quarterback had his first moment since, listen, Carson Wentz takes a lot of heat. Um, I thought... It was the best game when it came to decision-making and playmaking I've seen from Carson since 2017. Um, And I think he had his first moment since then. 2019, they went on a run, but 2017 was that really good year. And that was the first game that I watched where I was like, yeah, there's some of that still there. I think their defensive line is fantastic. Their team speed is outstanding. They don't get the ball put over their head. So, Um, I think in the AFC, the Chiefs are the team to go chase like we thought they would be in August. Uh, But I just believe that the Colts are best equipped to go do it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers locked up the NFC South. They didn't have a lot of the normal weapons around Tom Brady, but boy, Antonio Brown uh, made a statement in his return coming off the suspension, 15 targets, 10 receptions, 101 yards. What do you make of his performance and – I asked Marcus Spears about this last week because we know with Chris Godwin and the loss that he's go that he is for this Tampa Bay team and playing that big slot type role, it's hard to fill. Like, is Antonio Brown going to be that guy once they get Mike Evans back, once they get Leonard Fournette and all the pieces of their offense back? Like, what does he become the rest of this way? Yeah, and when they get their pieces back. Yeah, definitely their their slot player. I, I I would say the thing that took me back. I'm not saying this disrespectfully to AB. I was shocked how good he looked. I mean, how how crisp he looked, um, how sudden he looked, how good of a job he did at separating, how ready he was. I mean, this is a guy that hasn't played in a long time, and I know he's a Hall of Famer, but he still looked like he played last week and had 10 for 101. And I think that's the nice thing that you take out of that football game if you're Tampa Bay is how ready Antonio Brown looked, whether it's going to be needed next week or, you know, in, in three weeks into the playoffs. I think when Mike comes back, A.B. will own the middle of the field. I still believe Rob Gronkowski outside of Tom is the most important person on that offense for all the, the versatility and the information that he brings. I'd also say it was nice to see for Tampa Bay their pass rush show up a little bit. That was something that we've been waiting on, you know, for multiple moments this year. But if that if, – if A.B. is looking this good already, yeah, I feel – a way more comfort over the loss of Chris Godwin. And I'm such a Godwin guy, and I think he's fantastic. But if AB's going to look that way for the next two months, uh, Tampa Bay should be okay. Dan Arlosky joining us, ESPN NFL analyst. Dan, with the Cardinals right now, can you say, would you ask the question, what's wrong with the Cardinals? Or would you just understand that the Cardinals – are kind of in one of those situations where water is seeking its level after a 7-0 and yeah. start and 3-5 and five over the last eight. Yeah, I, I think it's both, Chris. I think, first of all, this. The Cardinals lost this game against the Colts because of their quarterback and their coach. Okay, Kyler Murray did not play well. Did not see the field well. Missed open guys way too often. And then their coach is really bad at game management. And that's been the thing for Cliff Kingsbury really over the last two years. And there was the disappointing thing for me, Chris, is there were moments where he got better at it last year. Like, I don't – I still 
do not understand kicking a field goal on third down in that situation for, at the end of their football game. I have no idea what the justifiable reason is for not snapping the ball on third down and then potentially kicking the ball on fourth down. Um, so for me, Arizona goes back to the loss of J.J. Watt. I said when that happened, that was enormous when it came to their run defense. Okay, that has been the case ever since Green Bay went out there decimated as a football team. When they lost DeAndre Hopkins, they lost their identity as an offense. The guy that they could run everything to, the guy that always gave them the answer, the guy that got them out of jail free, it got them into rhythm. Anybody that thought Arizona was going to be okay after losing DeAndre Hopkins just didn't watch them play football this year. And it's disrespectful to DeAndre because he's arguably the second or third best receiver in the NFL or the first best receiver in the NFL. So, you know, there's a multitude of things that have chipped away at this. And I just don't know if, and I don't believe that Cliff and or Kyler is ready to kind of overtake or be good enough or great enough, so to speak, to overtake some of the deficiencies and the, the cracks that have started to show in their football team. Dan, when you look at where they are right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, are they a playoff team in your mind? And if so, how good can they be? Can they actually put something a little yeah. bit bigger together? Yeah, I think Philly's a football, a playoff football team, yes. Uh, and they could be good. We, we just had this conversation, Chris. I, I'd say you know, we feel really good about, I think, five teams in the NFC right now, right? When, when it, as far as come getting in, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, the Rams, Dallas, and I think Arizona, right? So then we're looking at two spots, San Francisco maybe, and then Philadelphia. Philadelphia is probably the one team, along with San Francisco, that will not need their quarterback to play really good football to win. Like the the Packers are going to need Aaron to play really good to win. And the same with Dallas and and the Rams and Tampa Bay. Philadelphia won't. Jalen Hurts can throw for 140 yards in a playoff game and they can win. Because their offensive line is that good, and because they can play 11-on-11 football in their run game that well, and because they got a defensive tackle in Fletcher Cox that has moments still of absolute elite dominance, and Darius Slay at corner is an elite corner, and you know Dallas Goddard's a really good tight end for them, and Devontae is very good. So you know, you're looking at a team that's really relatively indifferent than all those other teams in the NFC that... They're not going to need their quarterback to play a phenomenal game, and they can still win. Dan, real quick on the AFC playoff picture in the AFC North, we know that the Ravens have been decimated by COVID. They were down to like 13 defensive players last week. In spite of the loss yesterday, do you think they still have a realistic shot at the postseason? No, Courtney. Courtney, I haven't felt that they were realistically a postseason team since August. I just thought their quarterback and coach were out of their minds for a stretch this year, how well <laughs> Lamar played and how well Harbaugh coached. I just I, – I, they've been absolute. they had no business. And I said this week after week, they had no business getting to eight wins, no business getting to where they were type of success as a football team. I just don't – no, you're not supposed to – there's too many good teams in the NFL, and if they stay healthier, significantly healthier than you do, then you don't have any chance. So, no, I don't think – I don't think they're going to get in, Um, and if they do, it'll be a squeak in, and they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlowski, awesome stuff as usual, Danny. Thanks. Thanks, guys. So, so much great 
football yesterday and some not-so-good football yesterday. Wow. Just wow with some of what we saw yesterday. It is time for Courtney and Chris's NFL observations brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. There was so, so much to take out of yesterday's games in week 16. All right, Courtney, your top three observations in week 16. Well, we talked about it before. Justin Jefferson's comments still stick with me about the red zone execution for the Minnesota Vikings against the Los Angeles Rams in that 30-23 loss. Two trips into the red zone yielded 10 points out of five total. Kirk Cousins targeted Justin Jefferson just once inside the 20-yard line. I think that Jefferson's comments about we need to be more aggressive when we get down there and that he can only do what he can do because he's not the one calling the plays. He has tempered everything that he's wanted to say so far this season. Not throwing anybody under the bus, not throwing his quarterback under the bus, not throwing his play caller under the bus. Well, he let it all out there on Sunday after the game, visibly frustrated, and it was a day that was supposed to be a pretty momentous celebration, a momentous occasion for Justin Jefferson. He became the all-time reception leader, receiving yards leader in his first two seasons. It's a record that Odell Beckham set back in 2015 with the Giants. Jefferson had him on the sideline looking on. They both wore shirts, paying homage to each other before the game. It was supposed to be a day of a lot of celebration and excitement, but Justin Jefferson could not hide his emotions following the game. He was not happy with play calling. I think that was fairly obvious, and these are the comments that we all expected from a team that The wheels are all but falling off here during the final stretch of the season. They have to beat the Green Bay Packers next week if they want to remain in the playoffs. That loss yesterday against the Rams dropped their playoff chances to 16%. It's going to be a hard hill to climb here when you're facing an Aaron Rodgers team on the road in Week week 17, a team that has a quarterback that's thrown 16 touchdowns to no interceptions in the middle of this five-game hot streak. So that's my first takeaway from yesterday. The Chiefs are back. They've separated themselves in the AFC. I think that that's fairly obvious, Chris. And one thing that really impresses me with Patrick Mahomes, the way that he's been playing in this eight-game win streak, is he's taking what the defense is giving him. And I mean that in the sense where he had one of his most efficient performances of the season in this win over the Steelers. He had to do it without Travis Kelsey, who did not clear COVID protocols. 23-30. 258 yards, three touchdowns. He had a 135.1 passer rating. I mean, he was particularly effective when he stayed in the pocket, too, and attempted a lot of quick passes. So I was really impressed with Patrick Mahomes there. And it never seems like in these big games where he's really, like, pushing for the big play, right? Like, we've seen that, like, with in other moments before where we can – count the highlight moments on on both of our hands and on our toes with Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't feel like he's forcing any of that, probably because he couldn't with Travis Kelsey not being there. That's his security blanket. But, um, you know, Tyreek Hill activated off the COVID-19 reserve list, didn't practice. Um, You know, he targeted 10 different receivers. He was in control from the start. He didn't look back. Patrick Mahomes is at the MVP-type level that we expected of him down the stretch of this season. The Chiefs are the most dangerous team in the AFC, and I don't think it's even close. And my third one 
If you look at the Chicago Bears, a team that was eliminated from postseason contention last Monday when they lost to the Minnesota Vikings, you might have forgotten that they have Nick Foles on their quarterback depth chart. He has not played in a single game up until week 16. Andy Dalton was hurt. Justin Fields was hurt. And you know what Nick Foles does? Super Bowl winning champion Nick Foles. I don't remember. I need to remember like to, to put some respect on his name. He leads them on a game-winning drive after a solid three-and-a-half first quarters. The Bears go for two. They get it. 25-24 win over the Seattle Seahawks on the road. And I remember last Tuesday, Matt Nagy's unpacking the game, following the loss where his offense no-showed against the Minnesota Vikings. And he said, you know, these guys don't quit. They're still fighting for this. And I, I, you know, as a reporter, I'm skeptical on that because I'm like, you're going to have guys making business decisions here wanting to save their bodies and save their sanity and not have to play through these final three games and put it all on the line for what? To play spoiler to somebody? Like, does that really matter? This Bears team fought for Matt Nagy in this game. He's probably not coaching for the Chicago Bears all that much longer, but a performance like the one that they had on the road in that snowy tundra in Seattle yesterday was really impressive. I was very impressed with Nick Foles. Also forgot that he was still playing in the NFL. Was really glad to see him actually suit up for the Chicago Bears on Sunday. What an amazing catch by Bird, too, on the mm-hmm. two-point conversion. Demir Bird, Holy awesome cow. receiver. I want to see him play more. Holy cow. All right, for me, number one, I've been a big Rams guy all year. I'm worried about Matthew Stafford. Now, Courtney, look, they won the game yesterday. They're 11-4. and four. They're capable of doing a lot of good things. I've talked to some people out there this year, and the feeling about Matthew Stafford is, man, he is just so, so good and so perfect for Sean McVay. But there are going to be times when it's not going to be good. And when it comes about that that's the case, it's going to be really bad. And yesterday was really bad. Matthew Stafford... With three interceptions yesterday, I believe all came in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. And he really, really, the the Vikings absolutely lost that game to the Rams. Rams won that in spite of quarterback play. They gifted it to the Minnesota Vikings. Like, that's the crazy thing here. Whether it was Matthew Stafford's three interceptions or Sean McVay saying, hey, Sonny Michelle's running the ball really well. Let's get away from that for a little bit. Like, they <laughs> gifted this. This is a belated Christmas gift. This is like me setting up my decorations on December 26th. That's what they did. And on the and Yankee they swap, still... they took it right back. My goodness. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> but I am a little bit worried about Matthew Stafford going into the playoffs. Not being bad consistently, but having that one bad game that could really do in the Rams. Number two. Man, I could not be more disappointed in the Los Angeles Chargers. I I really felt like they were taking a step uh, this year. And maybe I was living in denial over their inability to stop the run. But Courtney, yesterday, that was just flat out inexcusable. You gave up 149 yards rushing to Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead, who has never been an every-down back, and the Houston Texans, who have won four games now miraculously. I mean, Rex Burkhead hadn't rushed for 100 yards in five years. That, to me, 
it really shows how much the Chargers have let me down. And at this point, I don't think they're going to get home here to make the postseason. And then lastly, if you're a Pittsburgh fan who has been fooling yourself, this should be the dose of reality that you needed to realize that they're just not that good. And if you have been trying to convince yourself that their defense would end up winning the day, you haven't been paying attention. Their defense is not very good at all. They've given up 26 points a game this year. That's in the bottom third in the league. It was never good enough to do that. The quarterback is a whole nother situation. Ben has been up and down this year. You might argue that he's the only reason that they're any good. Well, I would argue that they have held on too long there, and they may have been better off moving on sooner rather than later. Steelers will probably go one and one over the last two and miss out in the playoffs. Courtney, they're just not that good. No, they're not. And they delayed the inevitable with Ben Roethlisberger. I understand why you'd want to bring him back and the reduced salary and try to give him his send off, but this is no way to send out your superstar. Like we're we're gonna remember the season and be like, Ugh. remember when Ben Roethlisberger was on his last leg trying to <laughs> help the Steelers team get into the playoffs. I thought that was last out. year in the playoffs against <laughs> against Cleveland, and they just held on entirely too long. Well, the defending champs are headed back to the playoffs, while their opponent uh, might be headed on a coaching search. We're going to get into that next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Second down, quick snap, hand the ball off and run the ball. Keyshawn makes a tackle to the 50, to the 45, Vaughn to outside the numbers of the 30. Vaughn to the 25, Vaughn to the 20, following blocker to the 5, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Tampa Bay, Keyshawn Vaughn. No Leonard Fournette, 
no Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin. Bucks still roll. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2, also on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. Part of the reason that they were still able to put up 30 points, Courtney, is Antonio Brown went off in his return. And he didn't just go off on the field. He went off a little bit post-game as well. We'll hear that in just a second. But the Bucks uh, clinched the division. They win their first division since 2007. And nothing new for Brady. That's now 18 division championships in 22 years. You know, I look at the Bucks' remaining schedule. It's hard not to think uh, that they could actually push the Packers for the one seed. Not that the Packers have exactly uh, murderers row lying in front of them either, but only the, they have the Jets and the Panthers Tampa Bay does at this point. I, I just look at Tampa Bay right now, and I, I think you have to be exceptionally impressed with what they've been able to do considering all their injuries. Yeah, without Chris Godwin, without Mike Evans, without Leonard Fournette. Uh, I think Shaq Barrett wasn't there as well yesterday, too. I mean, they've had such a good run this season. And then they have their hiccup against the Saints where they can't score a touchdown. Everybody wonders if the sky is falling, if Tom Brady's mortal, um, if everything else happens like that. You know, this might be the team that just stumbles here down the stretch. Well, I know it was the Carolina Panthers and their two-quarterback system, which I have a lot of thoughts on. But this they left nothing in doubt here in this win. Tom Brady looked terrific. And I think the thing that you're starting to see here, which we needed to figure out, is how do you replace Chris Godwin? Well, you know, that, that role that he's played in, like, the slot, that big slot position that they like to call it, it's such a pivotal part of Bruce Arians' offensive scheme. And I remember last week, right after this happened, we find out that it's not just a sprained MCL, that it's, a you know, a torn ACL and he's out for the year. How do you replace him? Like, are you are you looking at, like, a, a second-year player, player like Tyler Johnson and asking him to step up? Because looking down the depth chart of the rest of the receivers, like, who else do you have at that time because Mike Evans is hurt. Um, You're not going to get him back right away, like all this stuff. And then lo and behold, Antonio Brown is coming off suspension and he's welcomed back with, he's welcomed back with open arms into the Tampa Bay team. And, And think what you want about all of that stuff, which there is a lot to get to, but from a football perspective, Take a look at this stat sheet. It's clear who Tom Brady locked in on and who he trusted the most. And it wasn't Rob Gronkowski in this game. It was Antonio Brown. 15 targets, 10 receptions, 101 yards in the game that he, in his first game back since the suspension, 32-6 win over Tampa Bay. It's very obvious he's going to have a big role here down the stretch of the regular season as they try to lock up the number one overall seed. I mean, I can't t- I can't really figure out at this point. I think Tampa Bay's schedule is, is more difficult, or excuse me, less difficult than the Green Bay Packers, but they're both kind of a toss-up at this point. Right. So they've got the Jets and they've got the Panthers again, this inept offense and this inept coaching staff they're going to face again in, in, in Carolina. But the Packers have the Vikings and they've got the Lions. Not really and juggernauts on either side of this, but I think that they can make a real legitimate push for the overall number one seed. It's going to be fun to watch between uh, Green Bay and, and Tampa Bay jockeying down the stretch. Now, with Brown, 
you know, we the famous quote last year from Arians, one screw up and he's out of here. And I actually wonder if that might have been the case if they had not lost Godwin and didn't have Evans and didn't have Fortnite. I actually wonder if he might have gotten rid of him. But at any rate, here's Brown after the game with Jenna Lane, ESPN's NFL Nation reporter who covers the Bucks, and Jenna just simply trying to get after the whole situation with Brown, and here's how that went. Coach Arians had told you when you came to this team, you know, you screw up one time and, and you're done. And some people would deem what happened as a screw up, but Coach Arians stood by your side and, and he brought you back. Just what did it mean for you after being here for a year to have a coach Next question. standing in your corner? Next question. We just want to talk about this game. We don't, we don't want to waste no time with you guys writing in bogus. Res- respectfully, respectfully, yeah. Antonio, we haven't talked to you yet. We haven't yeah, talked to you I don't want to talk time. about that. You, got, you guys is all drama. It's all about football. We, we don't talk about Carolina. I don't want to talk to you guys. Well, it's, that's a jackass moment for Antonio Brown. Just, I mean. Are you surprised? Frankly, no, not remotely. Not at all. Like and, consider the consider the source here. Like who are course. we talking to? And of course, Jenna's Jenna's line of questioning. This is why she is the absolute best of the best. She didn't get flustered there when he says next question. She perfect. says yeah. respectfully, we haven't talked to you yet since you decided to fake a vaccination card and get caught red-handed, suspended for three games without pay, and now you're back. You're going to have to answer that question one point or another. Sorry that it came after a after a win and not at some point during the week, during midweek media availability. That's the problem with these COVID-19 restrictions on locker room access for us and the fact that we're all virtual now. So you get asked the questions when you get asked them because if you're not made available to answer these questions in a timely manner, sorry, it might be six or seven days later and you're being asked about a play that happened a week before. But for him to not anticipate that he was going to get that and to have that snarky response of, you guys want to stir up drama, I just want to talk about the Panthers game. Honey, you're going to get talked to you. They're going to talk to you about the Panthers game at some point. You had an awesome game. Bravo. But there's still all this off-the-field stuff that we have to talk about. Bruce Arians talked about it at length last week. He was asked multiple questions about it. His response rubbed people the wrong way because he said he didn't care what people thought, and it makes, makes it sound like the NFL and, and the Bucks and all of that, like they can put up this facade of, oh, we care about the greater good of the community and you know holding players accountable. And then when it comes down to it, they only care about talent because – Different rules for different people. If your talent supersedes everything else, you're going to get a pass. But to anticipate that you're not going to get that question, have you not had enough screw-ups in this league? Have you not been around long enough to know that this is coming your way? Miss me with that, Antonio Brown. Like, you should have anticipated this. You should have had something prepared in a statement of what to say instead of coming off like a jerk with your next question thing. Bravo, Jenna. Keep keep his feet to the fire and, and keep pushing on things like that because people like that need to be asked you know, to justify why they did what they did, even though right. it's not justifiable. Sorry. We've got 20 seconds left. <laughs> I'm wondering if... I, I just I think Matt Rule's not going anywhere. I think he's going to be back, even though the Carolina Panther fans are going nuts for him. I think it's stupid. Dave Tepper, you made a mistake. Sorry, guy. Seven years, $62 million. Speaking of a coach returning, why a report about a coach and quarterback returning left a fan base feeling blue? Oh, 
Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.